Welcome to the Scholarship Chat Podcast. I am your host, Ashley Hill. Here we talk about the scholarship tips, tools, and strategies that you need to fund your dream career. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. I want to welcome you to another edition of the Scholarship Chat Podcast. I'm so excited. We have an amazing guest today. Her name is Dr. Whitney Gaskins, and I'm excited to get into her story and, uh, and for her to share with you guys kind of her journey, um, not only of being a STEM professional and being an engineer, but also her community uh, efforts as well. So welcome, Dr. Dr. Gaskin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Yes, and I'm so glad that you, you agreed to, and I was, we were talking um, before this started how it's so funny. Um, we were both in the same city at one point um, for a while until I, until I relocated last year. So, you know, it's full circle now. <laughs> it's so awesome. And the world's so small. It is shocking that I didn't run into you, but I'm happy we were able to connect anyway. So I am. And so, yeah, so if you can start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing now. Yeah, so I am an assistant dean in the College of Engineering and Applied Science at the University of Cincinnati. Um, I have been in academia for four years now. I, before that, I was an engineer. Um, I worked, worked as a quality engineer at Toyota, and it was a wonderful experience, but I know that I want to make sure I'm in a place where I can impact change for people that look like me. Um, I'm one of the only... I am the only African-American female on faculty here, and then I'm one of five people of color as faculty members here. So, and that's out of 170 faculty. So we wow. definitely have some work to do here about representation, just pure numbers. I wanted to make sure I was in a role that I could help change that demographic. Absolutely, and I'm so glad that you're in that in that role because we need that, like you said. So I'm so glad that you are. Yeah, so yeah. if you can tell us, we'll start with your career in engineering. So what what inspired or motivated you to pursue a career in engineering? That's a great question. I grew up in Ohio, but not from Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a small country town. And so we do mm -hmm. a lot of things. Like I helped my dad build a barn, and we built the deck oh. on the back of the house. And so, like, tinkering is a real thing that kind of gets you curious about, like, well, how do you make things work and how do you make things better? Mm -hmm. And he fostered that by putting me in different programs, uh, one mm -hmm. of which Odyssey of the Mind was huge for me. Um, you mm -hmm. got to be innovative and, and, and creative, really artistic, which a lot of people don't talk about in the engineering space, but allowed me to have that freedom of to create and it really inspired me to go into engineering. I remember Time Magazine was a huge subscription, like it was very popular before we had all the digital media we have now. And one of the mm -hmm. articles was an up-and-coming field about biomedical engineering. So my dad mm -hmm. knew I loved to tinker, but I really loved biology. And so biomedical engineering was like a perfect marriage of things that I loved in school. Mm -hmm. So that's really how I got there. Wow, you know what? I love that. I love that you mentioned about the art, the art factor, because you know now I'm thinking about it. You do have to be creative when you're tinkering with things and creating things. Yes, people forget about that. I know a lot of uh, engineers will even say this, which is interesting to me. That oh, I'm not creative, <laughs> or that's not the kind of the side of my brain that I use, and that's completely false. Um, you, have mm -hmm. to, you have to be creative to come up with such crazy inventions that we do, like. 
the cell phones that we use today started out as someone's sci-fi vision in Star Trek. And the next thing yeah. you know, it's a real thing, and we all have them today. So it had to start with the creative notion. It's not all about just the math and science. You have to be free to think about what is the next best thing. And, and I like that because, like you said, traditionally we don't. You know, I, I don't, you know, put art with engineering. So I'm glad that mm-hmm. you definitely brought that point out. And so speaking of engineering now, because, um, of course, I know you have three degrees, but for the engineering mm-hmm. process of going through college, you know, for someone that's listening, maybe a parent, maybe someone that's um, an engineering major, what do you think is important? Like what, if you could look back, you know, what advice would you give someone to successfully get through their engineering program? Absolutely. I feel like there are some amazing programs that people should participate in, like uh, mm-hmm. Nesby Jr., the National Society of Black Engineers, because it has competitions mm-hmm. to help foster skills needed to be successful mm-hmm. in college, like our trimathlon or our engineering design competitions where they build robots or even NASCAR 1080 where they're building race cars. It's a wonderful opportunity for them to just one, be surrounded by professional black engineers, and then two, mm-hmm. build those skills. One yeah. thing that I don't – I ever think people know about a lot are, the like, taking calculus and physics in mm-hmm. high school, which is all true. Um, don't slack on your science and math classes, but really focus on how you learn as opposed to just the content because that is – process is what we do in engineering. We are so concerned about the process because we have to be able to replicate the process over and over again to ensure our Mm -hmm. products are safe and ensure that Mm -hmm. whatever we innovate, it's going to work correctly. And so a lot of the times we're focused on getting the right answer, but it's not just the answer, it's the process to get the answer to. I like that. And you know what? No one has ever um, explained it like that. So I'm glad you brought that out because you're right. Um, it is a process, and it has, like you said, since it has to be repeatable, um, yeah. that is, that's very important. And also I love, too, that you mentioned about the program because, you know, I really feel like it's important for students to get that real-world experience and not just, you know, looking at a textbook, but seeing engineering come to life. So I'm glad that right. you touched on that. Right. Yeah, so, um, you know, recently we were celebrating, or a, a lot, I'll say a lot of women across the world was celebrating uh, Women's Equality Day. And so I wanted to ask you, um, as we all know, you know, engineering is a male-dominated industry. Um, but I wanted to ask you to talk about some of the challenges that maybe you face or maybe you witness someone else, another uh, woman face, uh, as an African-American female. Yeah, that's a good question. And it makes me, even thinking about it is a little triggering because you realize <laughs> that we have a lot of work to do when we talk about women equality. I remember sitting in class and being the lonely only. I'm the only woman and the only person of color. It is Mm -hmm. the intersectionality I can never parse. Like, am I being mistreated because of my gender or my race? Mm -hmm. Like, I never know. And it's very complex, and the culture needs to shift. For so long, excellence has looked like one thing. Mm -hmm. And... It's not just one thing. Excellence comes in very different shapes, sizes, genders, ethnicities, everything. And we have to get everyone on board to understand it's true. I think women particularly have struggles of mansplaining or people thinking like they Mm -hmm. have to do that. It is so frustrating to think that 
men still believe that women are inferior when it comes to intelligence or even just even physical presence. It's really, yeah, yeah. it's intimidating, I think, if you don't know that that's what you're going to experience when you get here. You know what, I agree, and and similar to you, I I did an undergrad in biology, so that was my love as well, you know, and I ended Mm -hmm. up going into the product safety regulatory affairs track. Um, But I I share with you, when I was in corporate America in Cincinnati, um, my last employer, I was the only female, of course, minority in the department. And when I had to make, you know, presentations and everyone's looking at you and, you know, making little side comments and things like that, intimidating is definitely the word. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was. But um, like you said, the representation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. -hmm. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say it's interesting, too, because in, in meetings when you present, it's interesting the questions that you get. It's almost like a verification. Yes. Are you sure that that's what you mean? You're like, yeah, exactly what I meant. Um, I yes. prepared for this just like you would prepare for your presentation. But it's always like a weird second guessing that goes on. Exactly. And, I, you know, it's interesting. I noticed, too, I would, you know, while I would prepare, while I would, uh, prepare for the presentations because we interacted a lot with, you know, the FDA and, EPA and things like that, I noticed that my male counterparts, they would come with full support. You know, hey, use this. Hey, here's a document. And then when I would go around, it's like, oh, you can find it on your own. You figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> it was that yeah. kind of thing. It's so sad and true. So sad. It is. But uh, like you said, you know, and that's also, too, why, you know, I love the position you're in now at University of Cincinnati, you know, like you said, to kind of foster this. This is a shift that we need to take. And, and it is about representation. So that's why what you do is so important um, because we need to see it. Um, I think part of, part of it is, you know, children, just, you know, especially our, our African-American community, you know, we need, we need to see more um, well, men and women, you know, in those kind of positions. So, yeah, definitely a much-needed conversation for sure. But um, switching gears a little bit, you have a foundation called the Gaskins foundation. I was reading that you founded it in 2009. And so tell us about that, some things you guys are doing, and maybe what's coming up, maybe some upcoming events or things like that. Yeah. So the Gaskins Foundation has a signature program called Stimulate. We Mm -hmm. are really trying to expose students to STEM, all things STEM. So we have a model that we call PEP Plus, where we present, Mm -hmm. engage, and prepare. And so we have a program is pretty comprehensive. It's K through 12, and our, our wow. little kids, K through 3, are our present phase. So we do things like fairy mm-hmm. tales and understanding is there STEM in fairy tales. Like the three little pigs, um, could you build a house out of straw that could withstand a puff um, from the wolf? And they get mm-hmm. to work on those different types of activities. Um, we mm-hmm. engage with the middle school age students. They actually have an opportunity to do hands-on STEM projects where they learn a little bit more in depth about what's happening. So they will learn more vocabulary like stress and strain if we were to build bridges and what what tension and compression could look like. And then we move to prepare for our, our high school kids where they we are preparing them to take their entrance exams and get ready for college. They get to interact with UC uh, students and faculty members. And it's a wonderful experience for them to to understand what college life will be like. And so our kickoff, we start every year in October and we go through May. Mm-hmm. 
So we're an academic year program, and we're really excited about it because we are seeing wonderful um, outcomes. Students going into Great. STEM, graduates. Yeah, it's beautiful to see them. And then write about us and say that I went into engineering because I was in this program, or I went into biology wow. because of this program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wonderful. And then students stop hating math. I think the way we teach math in our program is very different than how they get um, math content in their schools. So it's wonderful mm-hmm. to make it exciting and not such a horrible or stressful situation. Um, because yes. as, as we don't talk about it, we pass math trauma to our children and teachers mm-hmm. pass it even unconsciously to their students. So we have to break the trauma cycle and bring numeracy into the com- conversation just like we brought literacy into the conversation so many years mm-hmm. ago. I love that. And so this is just a side, side question just because I'm interested. But um, do you guys partner with the local school districts? Or how, does, how exactly do you guys deliver your program? That's a great question. So we have several methods of delivery. We have an in-school mm-hmm. program with two elementary schools in the city of Cincinnati. So one's a STEM mm-hmm. elementary school, and the other, actually they both are now. One is will say STEAM, and the other one will say STEM. And we have in-school instruction there. Okay. We literally, it's word of mouth. So there might be a teacher that had their child in our program, or mm-hmm. they might have heard about us, and they ask us to come, and we will figure out how it works in, in the schedule. We're a team of three people that do this mm-hmm. programming, so not very large, but um, okay. we have huge impact. Um, we, our Saturday program is for a citywide, so students come from all over, Cincinnati Public Schools, suburban schools, wow. private schools. And they come Saturday. It's one of our largest. We have over 250 kids in that program. Um, wow. Yeah, and then we have after-school activities as well with three different um, high schools where we do Nesby Junior activities so we can take them to the conferences, and then they also mm-hmm. participate in our Saturday stimulates, uh, Stimulating Saturdays program. You know, I, I love that for so many reasons. First of all, I'm, I'm into STEM myself, but I love it because, dude, I guess if I have to go back, first of all, with the math trauma, that is so real. Um, mm-hmm. I almost sit on the biology myself because of that. <laughs> so I really, I really resonate with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, it took, it took me, so I went to Kent State for my undergrad. I stayed in Ohio. But it took me going, you know, to my professors and, you know, going to the tutoring and, and kind of immersing myself and learning, you know, showing me other methods like you guys are doing in your program you know, teaching it in another way, that way students can grasp the concepts and master them. So math trauma is real, but I'm glad that, that you guys have an approach to that, you know, to help students overcome it. Yes. And we are launching our numeracy campaign along with our uh, academic year kickoff. So you'll probably see little signs okay. we'll be posting about numeracy um, because we really want it to be a co-conversation with literacy. So at some point, someone said, it is really horrible that people are unable to read and write. And we want them to Mm -hmm. also feel the same type of uncomfort um, when we talk about numbers. So if it makes you uncomfortable that you can't read and write, it should make you just as uncomfortable if you can't add or subtract. And we're not talking about Mm -hmm. calc. We're talking about just basic math. Yes. And you know what? I love that because it it especially – 
you know, as we've been talking, especially going into engineering, there you have to have an understanding of math. You know, that that's a part of it. So I'll mm-hmm. say really any any STEM I'll say any STEM career, really. You have to have some understanding of, of those math concepts. So I'm excited that you guys are launching that. So will that launch in, in October when this new academic October year starts? Six. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hey. Well, I'll make sure those that are listening, um, that still have friends and connections in Ohio, I'll make sure we'll push that out as well because um, it's much needed. It is much, yes. much needed. So I've really been enjoying this conversation. Um, so now I wanted to ask is, first of all, how can we find out more about you and the great work, you're, and the great work that you're doing? And also, um, for those that are near and far, how can we support uh, the Gaskins Foundation? That's a great question. So you can keep up with all the things that we do. If you want to know about the foundation, Stimulates um, and the Gaskins Foundation are both handles that we use. I would urge everyone to follow Stimulates on Facebook and on Twitter. If you want to keep up with me directly, because I do a lot of different work in the city, not just with my foundation or UC, but a lot of other organizations as well, you can find me on LinkedIn um, or even on Facebook, Whitney Gaskins, and I do respond to my messages. And as yes, much you as do. I, do. <laughs> I really do. Um, so people, just reach out. Um, and to support the, the work that we do, we do have a campaign. It costs $50 to support one student through our academic mm-hmm. year program. And you can donate and, and sponsor a student on our website. So the GaskinsFoundation.org, you can donate okay. uh, on there. And hopefully you'll sponsor a student. Don't feel obligated to do the whole 50 We take from $1 to a $1 million. So anything that we can get to help these kids um, through their academic uh, careers to be successful. I love it. And for those that are listening, um, and I will have all the links and we'll push that out, but definitely those um, that are listening, uh, please support and and donate. And like Dr. Gasson just said, even if you can't give the whole 50 or if you want to do more than 50, um, you mm-hmm. are more than welcome. <laughs> more than welcome to do that. So before we leave, before we close out, I have to, of course, ask, because you are um, a dean at UC, so specifically your, um, what you oversee, what you manage over there, tell us about that program and how you guys are um, retaining minority students for, for, the, uh, for engineering and other STEM careers. Yeah, so my office does very similar work that my foundation does, but we do it for undergraduate mm-hmm. students. And so we really work to recruit, re- retain, um, and support students that are underrepresented in engineering. So we have Native American, Latinx, African American, and even some international students that we really try to make sure that they have a great experience while they're here um, and know that we have an office of support. And that's complete with scholarship, mentorship, and internship slash co-op opportunities made specifically for them. We also have a community built into our college to make sure that they have someone to talk to that's not just about academic advising, but just Mm e-social-emotional advising as well. So it's a wonderful um, center that we have, a wonderful opportunity for me to oversee this initiative so we can make sure more students graduate with engineering degrees. And I love that, and I I have to congratulate you because I think, have you been on the job, is it since January of this year? Yes, January 1. Okay. So it's still a little new. Congratulations to you, by the way, on that. Um, and I was, yes, you're welcome. And you know, my ears perked up when you said scholarships, but that's what I do. 
But I love mm-hmm. I love that that you guys offer that entire um, really um, support you know base for these students because like you said it's not just the academic stuff but it could be a personal problem it could be a relationship problem it could be a number of things you right. know that of course we're all going through you know and students mm-hmm. aren't exempt so I'm glad that you you know provide that support and you know I tell students this all the time is, you know, yes, you go to outside things and other support, but once you receive, you know, admission into your program at, at that college or university, is to get plugged in, take advantage of these resources. And so I'm going to plug in UC here, guys, those that are listening, and you're looking to go into engineering and you want to go to UC, you get plugged in. Dr. Gaskins is readily available on her team, and she does respond to her messages, I will say that. <laughs> so... Guys, definitely reach out, and especially if you're in the program, get plugged in, take advantage. So with that being said, I'll leave with this last question. As for those that are maybe they're entry-level engineers, maybe in their first position, you know, out of college, and they and maybe they're unsure kind of of, you know, kind of maybe their next career steps to take, what advice would you give like a newbie, a new engineer? A new engineer, I would say learn as much as you possibly can. Do not worry about being the best or the brightest in the room. Contribute when you're there, but don't have you don't have to outshine. You have to learn because the person that learns the most is the most valuable on the team. Mm, I like that. That's solid advice. The guys that are listening, take advantage of that. So, Dr. Gaskins, thank you so much for taking out a time out of your schedule to talk with me um, and share some, and you shared some major nuggets, but sharing some gems with all of us that are listening. So I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And so for everyone that's listening. I want to thank you for tuning in to today's podcast episode. To learn more about how you can use your talents and achievements to find in one scholarships in less time, visit my website, which is www.collegeprepready.com. Also, follow me on Facebook at Prep the Number Four College. That's Prep the Number Four College. Now take care, and I look forward to bringing you more scholarship search tools, tips, and strategies in our next podcast episode. Goodbye.